Hello and welcome to the Bicycle Hour here at Blast Beats and Bicycles. You're listening to 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. We've got a great hour ahead of us. We're going to be talking with Stephanie Johnson from Save the River Bottoms, all about the current status of the natural trail on the Minnesota River Bottoms down in Bloomington and the states of Minnesota's plans to put a natural, or excuse me, a paved trail down in that space. So uh, we're going to jump right into that uh, interview that we recorded last week and, uh, of course, We've got a few tunes uh, in honor of Stephanie uh, after the interview as well. So here is our conversation with Stephanie Johnson from Save with Stephanie Johnson from the Save the River Bottoms group. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jason. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Love to learn a little bit more about what you guys are, are doing and some of the things that are going on right now. Um, but before we get into it, can you take a little bit of time to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm a resident of Bloomington. I've lived there about 10 years now. Uh, we moved from Minneapolis, and one of the reasons we moved to Bloomington was because of the green space. Mm-hmm. Um, I have three boys nice. that keep me incredibly busy. <laughs> I work part-time as a lactation counselor. Hmm. I own my own business. Um, I just recently started a nonprofit mm-hmm. that I haven't gone public with yet. Okay. Um, I love everything outdoors. I fish, I hunt, snowboard, paddleboard. Great. You know, nice. <laughs> I'm one of those people that's kind of a, uh, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> <laughs> but but activity is seems to be the common theme. Definitely, and yeah. outdoors. Yeah. So that's great. Um, I spend time volunteering at my kids' school, mm-hmm. and I'm a mountain bike coach. Wow, awesome! Yep. Well, we'll talk a little bit about that later on too. Okay. Um, how long have you been with the Save the River, Bot- River Bottoms group? It has been about seven years now. Mm-hmm. And what was your original introduction to cycling generally? Uh. Well, I got my first bike when I was four, and I've been riding ever since. That's great. I was a bike courier in college. No kidding. Yep. Interesting. Um, we, here in town, here in the Twin yep. Cities? Wow. Yep. And I uh, traveled around following the Grateful Dead, so we always had our bikes wherever we went. So That's I got great. to cycle all over. And How many years did you travel? Did you follow the dead? <laughs> um, a few. We did a lot of like different spring, summer, mm-hmm. fall tours. So that's great. Yeah. How many shows would you see them on? Uh, I ended up seeing about a hundred shows. Wow. Yeah. That's it was amazing. A lifestyle. So <laughs> I can only imagine. Did you camp the whole time? Uh, pretty much, or stayed wow. wherever we could. We'd crash at people's Crazy. houses. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other show. I'd love to <laughs> love to spend a whole hour just talking about that. Oh, I know. It was uh, an a important. Scene. Yeah, part of my life, too. I bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. Well, can you talk a little bit about what the Save the Rear Bottoms group is all about and, and what you're trying to accomplish? Okay. First of all, I would like to say we are not anti-paved trail or okay. anti-access because that's what some of the people claim we are, mm-hmm. and we are not. Okay. Um, Save the Rear Bottoms is about... Um, keeping the trail natural mm-hmm. in the state. It's currently Maybe let's do a little background. Let's, let's talk specifically about what trail and where you're thinking about. Okay. Um, the Minnesota Valley State Trail, do you want to give, yeah. give some history? Absolutely. Okay. In 1969, the Minnesota legislature um, decided to make it formal, uh, a trail. And if I could read yeah. the, um, let's see if I have, that might take a second. Uh, so in general, the location is uh, down along the Minnesota River. Right. Yep. It's the Bloomington section is from Bloomington Ferry to the Wildlife Refuge. Mm-hmm. 
the trail overall is 72 miles. Wow. So um, in 69, they wanted to formally make it a trail from Fort Snelling to Le Sueur. Mm -hmm. So of all those miles, currently there's only about, I think, 12 that are paved. Mm -hmm. And the rest is natural surface. Right, right. got it. Okay. And so you guys are working to keep a portion of it at least. Uh, natural. Right. Right. And so talk a little bit about how this started to come to fruition. I mean, how did the issue come up initially that there was going to be a change to this section of the trail? Well, this um, has been going on since like the 80s and 90s. It was brought up. There was no interest in the mid 2000s. There was a survey put out to the residents asking them if they wanted a paved trail. Mm-hmm. And 95% said they did not want it. Interesting. So it kind of went away again for a few years, and then around 2010, um, Bloomington started doing their alternative transportation plan, Mm -hmm. which brought that back up again. Okay. So um, in 2013 is, I believe, when it officially uh, was uh, former Representative Ann Lancheski authored a bill to formalize and fund it, yes. And so how long is this stretch? You said it was 12 miles? It's about 13 from Bloomington Ferry to the Wildlife Refuge. Okay. And uh, how did the group itself get started? How did the Save the River Bottoms group come together? Well, our president and founder, Dennis Porter, Mm -hmm. is a lifelong resident of Bloomington, Mm -hmm. and he is the one who's been active Mm -hmm. and involved the most. Are you guys a formal 501c3 nonprofit? Yep. You In are. 2016, we became a formal okay. nonprofit. Great. And uh, who all is involved in the group? What's the group makeup like? Um, well, there's uh, residents of Bloomington. Mm-hmm. There's people that work in the cycling industry. Mm-hmm. There's you know hikers, trail runners. Mm-hmm. It's a mix of people, really. Okay. So it is a pretty broad coalition. Definitely. That's great. Um, So what have the city and the state done? You started to give a little of the background. What have they done to sort of lead up to this current situation? Um, That's a long (laughs) question, but I'll try to generalize it. Um, So in 2013, Anne asked for the funding. Mm -hmm. In 2014, $2.165 $2.165 million was awarded mm-hmm. from the state. And that was from the Department of Natural Resources, right? Um, yes, okay. to the department, yeah. Right. They're the ones who are in charge of the trail. Right. So um, that money was allowed, and then just since then, pretty much, they've been trying to figure out the layout mm-hmm. and plans for it. Mm-hmm. Have they published any specific plans? For the location? Yep, they, they have. have. And they've had public meetings about it. So okay. um, we've met with the DNR multiple times mm-hmm. and got to see the plans mm-hmm. and give them some input. Yeah. And and so I'm sure there are a lot of areas where there is potential for conflict and some areas where it probably doesn't necessarily directly conflict with the route of the current uh, unplanned or un, unofficial trails down there. Is that right? Right. Yep. And so how much of the area that we're talking about is, is significantly impacting the goal of keeping the natural trail? Um, quite a bit of it is, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, for the DNR to even build a paved trail, it has to be 100 feet away from the riverbank. Okay. Um, and then in Bloomington, the city has um, building restrictions on the bluffs. Right. So there's pinch points in the river where there are, you know, 120 feet yeah. from the bluff to the river. Right. So um, it's impacting it a lot. Mm-hmm. Putting a paved trail down there is going to 
you know, impacts of the habitat and wetlands. What's been the city's approach to the to the plan so far? Are they are they enacting basically what the state has recommended as far as the plan is concerned? Have they worked together? What's their policy process been like? Um, well, the process has been frustrating to say the least. There have been, you know, they have had meetings for the community and stuff, but when it comes down to it, they aren't necessarily listening to the mm-hmm. constituents. You know, there are people that don't want it. Mm-hmm. They've done certain things, like when they signed um, the resolution of support with the DNR, they did it in a city council meeting um, where people weren't allowed to comment. Wow. And yeah, so. And when was that? That was back in um, like 2015. Okay. So there's been situations where the city council people will just pass it off and keep saying it's a, you know, it's a state issue. Talk to the DNR. Okay. But then in turn, they're, um, you know, signing resolutions of support with them. They were asked to encumber the money because the money was about to expire mm-hmm. this um, December, and they took on being project managers of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So they're saying it's a state issue, right. but they are definitely involved in yeah. it. And so uh, there have been a couple of election cycles yes. since 2015. Has anything changed at the city level or at the state level uh, recently? Well, I think there's more awareness mm-hmm. for sure. So mm-hmm. there was, um, they were trying to get some money for Fort Snelling and this past session, mm-hmm. and it's called the Minnesota Valley State Trail. And so um, some of the legislators knew about it mm-hmm. and, you know, mentioned that they realized there's some controversy behind it. Sure. As far as Bloomington goes, um, our long-term mayor, who's been mayor for 20 years, decided not to run again this year. So, yes, we have the new opportunity to get a new mayor, Mm -hmm. new city council at large person, Mm -hmm. so it could really shake up our city council. Are there votes on the city council today that are uh, in favor of your approach? Definitely. I think they just had a forum, and I think five out of seven were against paving. Wow, that's great. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about what what your organization hopes to achieve in the uh, uh, in the in the process. Okay, I think we would mainly just like to keep the trail natural as it is. Mm-hmm. To put a paved trail down there, we believe is uh, environmental. Mm-hmm. It's ir- environmentally irresponsible. It's fiscally irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Right now, the trail is maintained by um, just some work members, other of us volunteers, you know, more being the Minnesota off-road cyclists. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, uh, at no cost to the taxpayers, Mm -hmm. like we've all been maintaining it for Mm -hmm. free. Yep. Uh, you know, we're all about having access and we're, they, uh, just finished the new old Cedar Avenue bridge. Mm -hmm. So people can get across that. And then there's a whole paved trail on the South side of the river. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people can use that if they're worried about access. Mm -hmm. Um, we are for, you know, adding some signage, adding a couple bridges mm-hmm. to make it a little more convenient mm-hmm. for, you know, people of all abilities, sure. just without the pavement. Yeah. And what's been the general response from the uh, city council and from the DNR when you've approached them with these types of alternatives? Um, well, the city generally passes it off to the state. Yeah. And... They say, you know, it's about access. Mm-hmm. They believe if they get more people down there, more people will care about the mm-hmm. river. 
Have you done ridership studies or have people counted the number of people who have used the trail? No, no user studies have been done, and that's one of our biggest complaints, too, because by them putting a paved trail down there, they're going to displace a whole bunch of users, mm-hmm. you know, current users, people that like the natural trails, the people that walk and jog and, mm-hmm. you know, hike on the natural trails because it's better for their joints. And, sure. You know, the quiet solitude of it all. Yeah. Everything. Describe a little bit about what it's like to ride down there today. Um, well, you'll come across, uh, you know, it's a big wilderness area pretty much for the metro. Yeah. It's one of the, you know, last green places. Um, you know, there's trees, there's some weeds, there's some mosquitoes, you know, but it's a windy trail that, yeah. you know, goes in and out of the trees and get to see a lot of stuff. It's really relaxing and calming. It's it a is. great place. Like, my kids learn to bike down is there. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite, probably most memorable events on a sauna bike was down at the river bottoms. When One winter, we were riding on our fat bikes down past the uh, power plant when the power plant was still operational and the water was open. And there were probably a dozen bald eagles in the tree, maybe 15 feet over our head. Yep. And they were all fishing uh, in that open water. It was just an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. We sat there for like an hour, freezing <laughs> to death, but we were watching these eagles. It was just spectacular. Yeah, they still hang out down there. And Do it's they? amazing. Yes, you can see, you know, deer, Yeah, you know, all sorts of wildlife. Mm-hmm. It's really neat. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, Talk a little bit about the areas of, uh, of conflict. Where on the trail would they overlap with a proposed uh, paved trail? What are some of the things that would be impacted uh, by putting a, a paved trail there? Well, I mean, first of all, to build a paved trail, it's going to take a lot of work. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to bring in big machinery. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to clear cut a path you know, 30 to 100 feet wide, mm-hmm. the DNR said. Mm-hmm. So that's hundreds, if not thousands of trees are going to yeah. be taken out. Um, you know, they're filling in wetlands mm-hmm. to make the ground solid enough to put the pavement down. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, once, uh, you know, they do get the pavement down if the trail is built, there's, in the sections they showed us at least, mm-hmm. um, the natural trail crosses the paved trail at four intersections in about like, I think it was about four miles. Mm. So those are dangerous areas yeah. where, you know, people going fast on a, potentially going fast on a road bike or yeah. whatever on a paved trail right. come across, you know, a mountain bike or whatever. Mm-hmm. It could be dangerous. Yeah. Uh, I know there's at least one area where you've got to get off your bike unless you're brave enough to ride across a big tree. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the plan for the paved portion there? Is there a bridge planned or is there a plan? Well, there really isn't a plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, they plan to put a bridge there. That's what we were, you know, a few years back, we were hoping they would do is put that $2 million into building a bridge over Nine Mile Creek. Right. Because right now the tree actually got cut down a couple years ago, so all that's there is the raft to get across the river. Hmm. And because of all the flooding this year, the raft sunk, and so there's no way to get across, actually. Wow. Yeah. So it cuts off about half of the trail. Right. Maybe more, actually. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. So, but since uh, we found out in December that the actual cost of the trail is a lot more than they predicted. Yeah. So the $2 million they had is only enough to do 1.7 miles of paved trail. Out of 12 miles, possibly. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And so where are they imagining that the trailheads would be? Would they be in the same 
locations as you currently access the trail yeah for a paved trail right and that was another uh disappointing thing to hear is that the one at Lindale wouldn't be changed at all mm-hmm. um the new cedar one has been updated because yep. they fixed the bridge mm-hmm. but for them to uh get the ferry bridge uh ada accessible they are going to have to bring in like truckloads and truckloads of fill mm-hmm. to get the pitch of it you know right to the, the grade f- yeah five yeah, percent mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. so that will totally change and cost mm-hmm. you know knows how much more money yeah now, i know there's been some discussion of the idea of a uh, uh gravel trail of some kind like the loose line mm-hmm. um is there something like that that's proposed as an alternative here there isn't is that something that your group would be amenable to would that be a, an interesting or feasible compromise in your minds um, I believe so. With that, though, to get the gravel in there, they still would have to clear cut, you know, the trees and stuff because they'd have to get the heavy machinery. In. Sure. But that definitely would be better mm-hmm. than a paved trail. Yeah. And what's been the response from the city or DNR to that? Anything? Not really. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pavement or asphalt or nothing, right. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And I know you guys have, have made a lot of uh, uh, comments and, and put a lot of uh, effort into explaining how challenging it would be from a maintenance perspective as well to have a, a paved trail down there. Can you talk a little bit about what people have responded to with respect to that argument? Well, yeah, um, the DNR has a major budget deficit, like... You know, the last time they put out a press release, it was 130 million or something mm-hmm. crazy, and 16 percent of their trails are in dire need of maintenance right now, which equaled over 10 million dollars or right. something insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess as far as the maintenance goes, there's sections south of the ferry bridge that are paved, mm-hmm. and after all this flooding, we've seen what the damage has been. Yeah. You know, the trails are going to have to be replaced mm-hmm. continuously. Mm-hmm. You know, it might not be the whole trail, but there will be parts that are replaced. Yeah. And with the DNR having such a shortfall of money right now, we're concerned that those won't even be fixed. Yeah. And, you know, it will stay unrideable. Yeah. There's a stretch south of Shakopee that's particularly challenging because it's very, very low and close to the river. Definitely. Uh, and that's that's almost never usable, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're expecting that that would be the same type of situation on the north side of the river as well. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And so when you brought those concerns to the DNR or to the city council, what, what have people said? I mean, what, uh, well, the DNR claims that they have products now that they can use to eliminate that from happening they can you know put in culverts and bring in a lot of fill and Hmm. rock to keep that from happening so they think that there's a solution for that right and and so do they understand or do they do they recognize the uh, the arguments that you're making are they do they feel like they're giving you a legitimate answer or are they being i mean are, are they giving you the kind of uh, you know, response that you're expecting or, or hoping that they would give? Well, honestly, I've talked to a couple of them in, you know, like off the record, and their hands are tied. They have to do it. Yeah. You know, it's their job. They don't necessarily think it's right or mm-hmm. the best way to go about it, but mm-hmm. they have to. Yeah. Because it's in the legislation to say that the trail has to be paved. Mm-hmm. So have they Have they given you an indication of what kinds of uh, efforts or what could change the process or change the outcome of the process? 
Um, well, we do know that if we got the language changed, then their hands wouldn't be tied. So if we got the to-be-paved language taken out of the bill, then they wouldn't have to follow it. It's not saying that they wouldn't, though, yeah. but they wouldn't have to legally. Yeah. So that there's just really three words that would have to change in the in the allocation, the legislation that allocates the money yes. for the DNR. Yeah. And is there a window during which they have to spend the money? I mean, is there a time frame that they have before the money expires or goes away? Yeah, the money that was allotted in um, or appropriated back in 2014 did expire at the end of December this year. Okay. And so they had to have it encumbered by then. That's why they were rushing to get all the bids in and everything. Hmm. So now, as of now, they didn't ask for any new funding hmm. this past session. Mm -hmm. So there is no more funding as of now. So right. they have the original two, you know... It, well, it was down to 1.7 after they've paid the, you know, people to do the work they've done, the right. research and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, And so uh, does that mean that they're going to start building sometime soon? Or is there, I mean, are they waiting for more funds to come available? What's the next step that's likely to happen? Well, when they realized the cost of the trail was going to be a lot more than they expected, mm -hmm. um, they broke it up into phases. So they plan to start phase 1A. Um, which is from Lindale East, 1.7 miles yeah. in August. In August, really? Mm -hmm. Wow. I don't know now with all this flooding if they're going to be able to do it. I would yeah. imagine not because the ground is just saturated mm -hmm. and there's still parts that are flooded. But Have you seen any documentation where they have uh, actually found contractors or anything like that yet? Have they bid? Uh, yeah. They have. They actually, um, so the business I own is, uh, we own a construction company, mm -hmm. and so I got access to the bids through the state. Mm -hmm. And uh, I read the whole contract and everything, mm -hmm. and it turns out that uh, the bids came in. The cheapest bid was like $4.1 million. For that 1.7 mile stretch? Yeah. Wow. And so where are they going to get that extra funding? Well, that's just it. They don't have it. So they're going to go to, you know, next session. They'll be asking for more funding. They went to, um, they've gone to Met Council to get more funding and were turned down because of the flood issues. Um, wow. Yeah. And so it's hard to imagine that they would actually start the work without having that next round of funding. I know. Would they? Yes. And that's why we've called it the paved trail to nowhere. Wow. Because it's just going to go out and that's it. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. It, it's hard to imagine that they would just start spending money without having the full contract yeah. be ready to be paid. Yeah. I guess they're confident that they'll get the funding, but mm. the more awareness we raise, you know, the more people realize it's a ridiculous idea yeah. and you know people are reaching out to their representatives mm -hmm. and city council people that's good and that's what we want yeah you know it's a the trails in bloomington but it is a state trail mm -hmm. so it is a state issue and all of our state taxes tax dollars are going to this so right. you know as, if we can get this out to people in greater minnesota and mm -hmm. you know have them contact their reps yeah that's even more important yeah. you know than the people in bloomington almost because sure. it is a state trail mm -hmm. what's been the general response to your request for help? Have you gotten a lot of signatures and a lot of people making contact with their uh, community leaders? Yeah, we have a petition that was started, um, you know, a couple years ago. It's up to over 7,500 people now. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yes. 
That's fantastic. Yeah. And so what's been the response to that? Have people recognized or have legislators and city council members told you that they've been hearing from their constituents? Yeah, some have. have. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. And we actually, last election for city council, we had a candidate forum Mm -hmm. where we invited all the people running for Mm -hmm. city council to come Mm -hmm. and speak and, you know, share their views and Mm -hmm. their opinions on it. What was the reaction from the uh, candidates to that? Um, well, I think we probably helped get a couple elected. We're, you know, since we're nonprofit, we're mm-hmm. not supposed to do anything like that. So sure. we just put the information out there for mm-hmm. people and yeah. let the people choose themselves. Sure, absolutely. And uh, what were some of the people, the comments from people who, from the candidates who were opposed to keeping it natural? Uh, well, it's all about. It's always over and over access, mm-hmm. accessibility. Yep. You know, they want. They think, you know, moms with kids are going to be pushing their kids in strollers down there. And mm-hmm. They want, you know, people in wheelchairs to have access. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's great. And, you know, I want people to have access too. But it's kind of, um, you know, there's, it's just, there's places that you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those. Yeah. Because of the flooding. Mm-hmm. And all the issues. I've seen some uh, commentary from people who are in the cycling community who have been pretty uh, concerned about your approach, about well, about the the ultimate goal, not necessarily your approach, but the the ultimate goal of having it be natural. How does it? How do you guys balance the you know sort of other cycling? members, community members, who want to be able to ride skinny tires or, you know, non-mountain bike type bikes down there. I mean, how do you approach those folks who are sort of part of the larger cycling community? I guess um, our approach has been mainly, as far as Bloomington goes, there's plenty of other paved trails Mm -hmm. that people can ride on. Mm -hmm. Um, As a Bloomington resident myself, I would love to see some sort of um, better infrastructure in the city part of Bloomington mm-hmm. to be able to get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. I live um, near Old Shakopee, and the road is, or the trail there is so bad you mm-hmm. can barely ride on it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I would love to see them put more money into the sidewalks and trails there mm-hmm. that people use on an everyday basis sure. to you know do their errands or you know get around yeah. and put it down in the river bottoms mm-hmm. where people are just enjoying it. Yeah. You know? Are the, uh, are the cycling community members who are in favor of a paved trail, are they transportation-type cyclists, or are they more recreational? Or, I mean, do you get a sense for, about where their uh, concerns are coming from? I think the ones I've talked to at least have been using it more for commuting yeah. or, you know. Sure. And I, you know, I might be assuming, but they tend to be the more hardcore bikers, you know, mm-hmm. that are biking to QBP or whatever right. to work. Sure. Yep. Quality bicycle products, mm-hmm. which is down in that part of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so uh, when you have those kind of conversations, are they uh, open to your uh, insights and ideas? I mean, does it seem like they're appreciative of your your focus and your goal? I can't say we've really had that much conversation with them. The only time I can honestly say I've had a conversation about that would be at one of the DNR meetings with yeah. all the stakeholders. Mm-hmm. And that's when we discuss some of that. Sure. You know? yeah. yeah. It seems like there's, a, I mean, you talked about 1969. There's a lot of momentum going for a paved trail. I mean, what is it, what is it going to take? I mean, in terms of your ultimate goal, what do you hope to achieve to get that groundswell of, of support to take you over the top? 
well, just more awareness is a thing. I think just from what we've done um, currently with, you know, just getting the word out there, some of the people that are really pushing the paved trail. I mean, there's a lot of politics in this, too, that I don't want to go into because it can get... It's really like almost a soap opera and get really negative. Wow. So without getting into that too much, um, you know, there's people pushing the paved trail, like environmental organizations and stuff. Mm-hmm. But as they have started to realize, you know, when the environmental assessment worksheet came out and stuff, that you know, the there's critical habitat down there that's going to be impacted and stuff, you know. Putting the paved trail in is equal to putting 19 acres of impervious surface. Wow. Yeah, which is a lot. So I think they may be starting to realize that, you know, them pushing for it so hard is not necessary. And, you know, they might be willing to, Mm -hmm. if they, you know, if the loop is built from Cedar to Lindale, and then um, they're doing the 494 bridge, mm-hmm. and since Old Cedar is done now, there will be a continuous loop. Mm-hmm. So if that can get done, maybe that would be the end of it. Yeah. Then they could leave everything west of Lindale to Bloomington Ferry Bridge natural. Mm-hmm. You know, that's at least when I talked to the the last time I talked to one of the people in that group, which I used to be a part of, but mm-hmm. ended up resigning. Um, that's what their thoughts were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's somewhat encouraging to mm-hmm. hear that there may be a compromise. Right. I mean, is there is there a way for a paved trail to coexist with natural trail down there? Uh, in my personal opinion, I mean, there is a way. I don't think, you know, as I said, it's environmentally responsible or fiscally responsible. Yeah. Are there other areas around the country? that you guys have looked at to see whether, you know, things could be harmonious together down there? I mean, there aren't really, we've looked at other, you know, um, cities and towns that have paved trails by rivers and the Minnesota river is kind of unique where it's a really wide valley river Yeah, and, um, it's, you know, it, creates, uh, when it floods, it brings in a lot of sediment and stuff that other rivers don't necessarily have. Yeah. You know, as climate changes, the river has flooded a lot more than it used to. Mm -hmm. Um, I had my son do a graph for me, and looking back from 2010 to now, I mean, the river has basically flooded every year almost. Yeah. Since in the last three years, like in 2017, October of 2017 to 2018, it flooded five times. And when you say flooded, how far out of its banks has it gone height-wise or um, sort of just distance-wise? Um, it's quite a bit. So I believe, like, the action stage for flooding is about 696 feet. Mm-hmm. This last flood stage, um, when it peaked in, you know, the spring, mm-hmm. it was, like, 712. Wow. So it was quite so 16 a bit. feet above flood stage. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, and this past spring, this flooding session, it was, you know, underwater for, I think it was about, or it was over 13 weeks, because then after all these rains again and stuff, it went back up, so it ended up being a total of, like, over 15 weeks, so a quarter of the whole year, it was underwater and unusable. Have you guys tracked uh, the status of this, this trail on the south side of the river to see, you know, kind of when it's covered, when it's open, what it's looking like, that kind of thing? Have you have you been monitoring that portion of the trail? Yeah, we have. Mm-hmm. And what kinds of things have you found? Um, well, there's uh, some damage to it, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there were, you know, rocks placed there, like big boulders, those were all moved. You know, parts of the pavement have crumbled off in spots. Um, there's some sand dunes now, pretty much, that are like five feet tall. Mm, wow. Yeah. And how long has that trail been there, do you know? Uh, just a couple of years. Really? Mm-hmm. So it's it's brand new. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's already in that, that challenge to a shape. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and the sand, like, you know, they've been claiming they can just sweep it off and mm-hmm. stuff, which they can, but that still is more maintenance money, which is more tax dollars. Yeah. And, you know... Do they have equipment like that uh, available through the DNR? I mean, does DNR have that kind of equipment that um, they could use? Well, I don't. I mean, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Because they, you know, clear the gateway trail and stuff. Sure. But um, I do know in meetings we've had with them in the past, uh, you know, they're not planning on keeping it clean yeah. with snow in the winter or right. anything. So, Is there another area nearby there that you think could be a, uh, an appropriate place to put a paved trail? I mean, not necessarily down right where the current trail is? Well, I would love a trail, you know, up above the bluffs in the mm-hmm. city part of mm-hmm. Bloomington yep. that could be used for commuters that maybe went along Old Shakopee Road or something. Yeah. Is that a fairly heavily trafficked cycling route? I mean, you talked about the path that's there. Do you mm-hmm. see a lot of people use that path? Um, I see people, you know, biking all over Bloomington. When I tend to see people biking on the sidewalks mainly, though. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. because I think people are afraid of mm-hmm. people driving so fast. And well, Old Shakopee Road, the speed limit there is 40 or 45, isn't it? I mean, it's... I think it's 35, is but it still really? that's fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, is, that is pretty fast. And that's, I'm sure people use that as a lower limit mm-hmm. a lot of times. Right. Because I certainly know that that is a very fast... Uh, fast street for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, has the city looked at that as an alternative? Have they thought about putting uh, trails or uh, bike lanes on Old Shakopee? Yeah, they have, and that's been controversial too. Mm-hmm. In fact, they just changed Nicollet and Portland um, from four lanes down to three lanes mm-hmm. with bike lanes. And there are people that are very upset about that yeah. because that's, you know, adding time to their commute, sure. people that are driving. So. Yep. yep, and that's the whole age-old yeah. car versus bike challenge on the, on the streets for sure. Yep. Yep. And so when you talk to the city council members, the candidates, do, they, do you feel like there's a, a responsiveness? Do you feel like this is kind of something that would be an, a topic that they would be willing to keep discussing? Or is it kind of like the decision's been made? Definitely. With this new group that are running, I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure what they can actually do at this point. Um, you know, we probably have to get some ordinances changed or, you know, they can, when they plan to build the next section of trail, you know, yeah. they can, because the land is owned by the city, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the Isaac Walton League, and then some private people. Wow. So the city has to give, you know, um, them easement to build on their land and everything yep. so we're hoping you know they can say no yeah you know if we get enough mm-hmm. you know get them in there and yeah well the isaac walton league is a pretty uh outdoors and environmentally focused organization are they not they are and and what's their what's their position on the on the process they are actually pushing the paved trail really yeah that's why um i was a board member, member of that yeah okay, and i, I resigned yeah. Wow, so, yeah. that's that's surprising. I, know. I wouldn't have expected that from from them. Yeah, interesting. 
Um, and so what are the next steps that you guys are pursuing? I mean, what are some of the major things that you have to accomplish in the next few weeks and months? Well, we're just um, right now focusing on the Bloomington elections because mm -hmm. that's the most important. And those are coming up this fall? Yes. Mm -hmm. So there's a primary, you know, August 13th, yep. and then the elections. Okay. Uh, we're going to do another candidate forum, get the candidates there. Mm -hmm. um, after that, we'll, well, and in the meantime, you know, we're trying to get people to reach out to their representatives mm -hmm. and just, you know, keep raising awareness. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And have you scheduled your candidate forum yet? No, we haven't. We are going to wait to see how the primary turns oh, out. So you'll do that after the primary? Yep. Got it. Okay. Um, and so as you start to uh, put your word out there, are you going to be creating uh, any literature or are there things that people can, can go to find more information? Yes, definitely. Um, we have a website, which is www.savetheriverbottoms.org. Okay. Um, we're on... Twitter and Instagram, mm -hmm. and also Facebook. Our Facebook page is Save the River Bottoms. Great. And do you have ways for people to get involved there? Are there options for people who want to communicate or become part of the organization or donate? For sure. Okay. We have, um, you know, anyone can just reach out to us through email or sure. send us a message um, through Facebook, mm -hmm. and we are always looking for people to help, mm -hmm. you know. What kinds of help are you looking for? What kinds of things can people do? to help support the effort? Um, other than spreading the word, you know, writing letters mm -hmm. to their representatives. Um, sometimes we need help with, like, you know, copying, getting copies made because mm -hmm. we make, you know, packets for the legislators to sure. read about mm -hmm. us. And, um, you know, we've had volunteers that, you know, designed our logo mm -hmm. and helped build our website. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we can There's take... a lot of things you can use help right. with. Yeah. And so are there some things immediately that, you know, people you want people to rally uh, around? I mean, obviously you've got the candidate forums. Are there mm -hmm. any other things going on that you need to have people available to help communicate uh, with people about? Um, you know, like I said, just raising awareness. Mm -hmm. They're starting building this in August, supposedly. Yeah. So, yeah. you know... So, the more people we can let know yeah. what's going on, the better. When when people go down there to ride, uh, what kinds of things are they going to expect to see over the coming weeks and months? I mean, what's, what's the trail like right now? Can you ride it? No. no. I was just down there actually on Saturday checking it out, yeah. and it's getting better. Um, there's sections that are rideable, okay. but there are the trail that was originally there, you know, the natural trail. Yeah. With all the sediment and debris, it's basically gone. So wow. that's the one beauty about keeping it natural sure. is that every time after a flood event... You get a new place to ride. Right. <laughs> you get to carve out new trails. <laughs> so, um, but there's, if you go, like, I went down by Normandale in that area, and mm -hmm. uh, west of it, it's still really muddy and wet. Okay. And east of it was okay. Yeah. So... Are there any other uh, mountain bike areas? What's the the next closest mountain bike area to Bloomington? Um, probably, it's either Murphy, mm -hmm. Lebanon, or Theo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're all about twenty miles away, which yeah. is quite a hike for right. us. So this for southern metro, south central metro residents. This really is the best, closest option, right? Uh, to take advantage of for mountain biking. Yeah, and also, I mean, it's one of the only options too that you can take public transit to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you seen increases in, in enthusiasm after the old Cedar Bridge uh, came through, after uh, it was finished? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, now that people can, you know, come from south of the river. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up, are there any other things that you think people should know about that we haven't talked about? I think we covered it pretty well. Okay. If they want to find more, there's tons of information on our Facebook page. Okay. That's where great. you could probably get the most information. And that's Save the River Bottoms is the name of the Facebook page? Yes. Okay, great. Well, we'll put links to the to the Facebook as well as the website on the show, uh, show page okay. to make sure everybody knows to go there. All right. Great. Stephanie, thanks so much. Well, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks to Stephanie Johnson from Save the River River Bottoms for sitting down with us last week to talk a little bit about the project that they have been pursuing to try to keep the River Bottoms, Minnesota River, River Bottoms, natural trail, natural. Uh, We've got a few tunes uh, in honor of Stephanie here. So we're going to roll into some music after a brief announcement. I'm Tiffany. I have some tips for you on how to quit smoking like I did. First, I did some reading about it. I found a lot of great advice on how to quit smoking and picked out the ways I thought would work best for me. I started by setting a quit date. Then I threw out my ashtrays, lighters, and matches. I did other things too, like exercising more, and it worked. But I'd still get cravings, especially on long car rides. To help me with that, I put a picture of my mother in my car. She died of lung cancer from smoking cigarettes when I was only 16. Now I have a 16-year-old daughter. That picture of my mother reminds me that I don't want to miss all the things my daughter is going to do in her life, including turning 17. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. You're listening to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. Stay tuned for a bunch more great music.
Ace of Spades, of course, by Motorhead, one of my favorite tunes of all time, and I know uh, that's a favorite of Stephanie Johnson, our guest earlier from Save the River Bottoms. Uh, We're just about to the end of the second hour of Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM, WMCN, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hope you've enjoyed the show today. We're going to take things out with a little good old-fashioned Metallica. This is For Whom the Bell Tolls.
bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride my bike. I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride it where I like. You say black, I say white. You say bar, I say bite. You say shark, I say him.